Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now, this week I'm starting off down on the allotment. In fact, I'm in Grandad's greenhouse. I have to admit I've neglected the allotment a little this week. I've had a pretty busy week with work, a lot of early starts and late evenings, so haven't managed to get here as much as I would have liked. And added to that, on Wednesday I was actually back up at Birmingham for a gardening trade event, which gives me a chance to see any of the hot products for next year, which was pretty good, I've got to say. There's a lot of items I'm not allowed to talk about, but a lot of possible items that we're going to be discussing in the future. But really, what about the actual gardening on the allotment? So today is Saturday, the 1st of July, 2023. I've had to get down to the allotment early today. And the reason being is that we've actually got some roadworks going on outside our house, which means we cannot be parking on the road from 7 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night. So I figured what I would do is move my van at 7 o'clock in the morning down to the allotment. And while I was here... I'm going to crack on and tackle a few tasks. So first of all, I did a bit of weeding because I've neglected that throughout this week. Now, luckily, because I've been on top of that over the last few weeks, it didn't take too long to get on top of. But once that was done, which took a good hour, shall we say, I was then able to move on to one of my other tasks. I've got this elder tree that I planted when I first took on this allotment. And to be honest, I'm kind of wanting to get rid of the elder tree. I keep saying every winter I'm going to dig it out and I just never get round to it. It's going to be a hard work to dig it out, to be honest with you. Anyway, what I've had to do is give it a really good haircut. The branches on this were actually stretching out into the road, which could affect any passing cars and added to that we have height restrictions on the allotment so anything over 2.4 meters isn't allowed so I had to cut it down for that before anybody complains now this didn't take too long to do my battery powered hedge trimmer did the job absolutely wonderfully the thing that does take the time is a clear up of course picking up all those branches which then end up going in the compost heap the ideal thing I would like to do with all these branches of course is run them through a shredder unfortunately no real electricity on site and I don't think battery powered shredders exist and if they do they're not going to last very long so would have liked to shred all this wood but not possible instead it's just gone on to the compost heap I could run it over with a lawnmower of course but again that will run through the battery in next to no time so straight onto the compost heap where hopefully it will rot down and turn into compost Following on from that, I then looked at my brassicas. Now, my brassicas have been under netting, which has been a little bit annoying because I find when I have netting over my plants, I tend to avoid weeding them because it's something that just stops me from getting in there. So today I decided I would remove the netting and I've noticed a lot of my brassicas are being eaten. And it looks like when I pulled back some of the netting, there was lots of slugs and snails. So what I reckon, because I've put the netting over the brassicas, the birds aren't getting in there to eat the slugs and snails. So they are, of course, breeding and producing more and eating my brassicas. So what I decided to do is remove the netting for the time being and just let the birds and 
in there to, and other wildlife for that matter, to eat low slugs and snails. As I said, I'm not a fan of netting, but they are there to stop the cabbage white butterfly laying their eggs. And funny enough, not too long after removing the netting, I did see a cabbage white butterfly fly past. So it's got the best opportunity now to see what happens. Now after that, I then set about doing my harvesting. We finished off the cherries, which have been absolutely delicious to say the least. Quite like cherries, but we've had a good harvest this year but they've come to an end. Gooseberries, got loads and loads of gooseberries, which again, they are really, really tasty. Red currants and black currants, which as you know, I've got issues in harvesting those and I've seen the neighbors and asked them to do something about it. Now they're a little bit stuck, I'll be honest. Um, I'm hoping I'm gonna help them out. So for those that don't understand what I'm talking about, my neighbor's plot has got really overgrown and it's affecting my plot where my red currants and black currants are making it difficult for me to get my to my red currants and black currants now the final thing that i've been harvesting is the last of my rocket potatoes these are my first early potatoes or one of my varieties of first early potatoes i should say that has cleared up half a bed which means I need to plant that out with something else, which is why I'm in Grandad's Greenhouse at the moment. What that is, I'll let you know in just a moment. If you meet me outside, once I've shared an advert for the Supporters Club. Congratulations, Richard. 10 years is an amazing achievement. I've enjoyed listening to you over these last couple of years. It's been so helpful. Thank you. Well, I wanted to play that message from Sally because Sally is a member of our supporters club. Thank you so much for that message, by the way, Sally. This seems like a good opportunity to just share with you and ask you to consider either leaving a review to help support this podcast or consider becoming a member of our supporters club. To be a member of our supporters club, I just charge £5 a month, but that £5 helps me keep the podcast running it supports things like our website and other things that we need to keep the podcast going and it's really really grateful to all of our members but in return for that five pounds a month what i like to do is i send out several packets of seeds that can be sown that very month and on top of that i also send to you extra behind the scenes podcasts as well which give you a chance to hear what's going on. We've got other features as well that we are building up and making into hopefully what is a great supporters club. I certainly think it's great value. The seeds alone I've worked out will cost around £12 if you were to buy them from a garden centre. So you are saving money for that reason alone. As I said, please consider becoming a member. Head to thevegroundpodcast.co.uk to sign up and find out more. Right, let's get on with what we can plant out next. Well, my original recording of this section didn't quite work out, so I'm I'm in my studio to talk about this bit. And what I want to say is that I have now harvested my Rocket First Early potatoes, as mentioned in the allotment update. But we're also going to be harvesting garlics, onion, cabbages, cauliflower which are going to leave some of those spaces bare and I have been considering what to grow next so that I can keep my garden productive and full of delicious fresh 
produce. And today I just wanted to share with you this step. Now, after I harvested all my first early potatoes, what I decided to do with that half a bed is to plant out my leeks. Leeks are a really fantastic follow-on crop because they thrive in the cooler weather and they can be harvested throughout the autumn and into the winter. And they are an incredible flavour to add to many dishes. And this is one of the good times to get those planted. Now, if you haven't already got any seedlings, they did need sowing a few months ago. These ones were actually sown back in January, February and March. But they are going into the ground now. They've been looking after them all this time and now going into the ground after the first early potatoes. Reason being is that it's just, for me, I found a good way of trying to get leaks into the winter and use every bit of space. Now I've of course had to prepare the soil a bit. I made sure there was no remaining potatoes, no remaining weeds. I added a bit of compost and then I just poked a hole and dropped a single leak in. As easy as that and then I give it a good watering to make sure they are all well watered in. And that is half a bed used up with leaks. We have got more first early potatoes to come. And we probably will be following those up with our cabbages, our cauliflowers, that are going to be our autumn winter varieties. Again, this is just making sure that these are ready to go. Now, again, with the cabbages, it's still time to sow our cabbages, our cauliflowers for winter. Autumn might be a bit too late, but certainly for winter. But again, you can run down to a garden centre, just like the leeks, and buy some should you need to. And I will be continuing that on with the second early potatoes, again, sticking with the brassicas because those are going to be my brassica beds for the next season. But when my brassicas were, my cabbages and my cauliflowers that were grown for summer varieties, as we will be harvesting those and eating those, that's going to free up that bed. Now, these beds are destined to be for my garlic and onions, which are usually planted around September. So let's say we harvest all those in the next few weeks. There's going to be a period of, say, at least six weeks, but probably near about 10 weeks where nothing will be growing in that bed. So what can we do in the meantime? Well, we're going to need some of our fast growing crops. And again, I would be sowing these at home in order to get those planted out. These fast-growing crops are going to be things like our lettuces, which can be pretty quick and put that bed into use. Radish, a very, very quick crop radish. They can be sown directly into the ground. Within about six weeks, you can be harvesting radishes if you like your radishes. A beetroot is another good one. That, that again, can grow pretty quick. You don't have to wait until they're large to eat them. Carrots are one that we could sow at this time of year directly into the ground, but they're not really a fast acting crop, so they might do better in another area unless they're going into a bed that you're not going to be using until next year. For me, that would be one of the bean beds because they're going to be for potatoes next year. Although, talking of beans, that brings me up to what I'm going to be planting in to the beds where my garlic and my onions were because they're going to be beans for next year so what I want to do in those blades is plant out some more French beans some more runner beans and some more peas 
that's going to be great because they're legumes. They're going to be adding nitrogen to the soil, but they're also going to be producing those edible crops of exactly what I want right now. Again, it's just making sure that my beds are in use all the time. Now, because we are in summer, July, we often don't think of sowing seeds. And I've already mentioned that there's quite a few seeds that we can sow. Let's not forget things like Swiss chard and kale. Again, these can all be sown now with a view that we can plant those out to fill up some of those empty spaces as they become more and more available. For me, it's all about just ensuring that those beds are never empty. However, once we get later on into the year, as our sort of September, October, November time, there's less crops that we are actually going to be able to plant out to get through the winter. And for me, this is where I become more interested in growing a different type of plant. This is our green manures. I've spoken about green manures many times in the past because I think green manures are fantastic. Now, if you've never heard me talk about green manures, what green green what green manures are are a cover crop. So you would sow the seeds and you would let whatever plants they may be grow and they will work to do something to your soil. Now it could be adding nutrients to the soil, it could be breaking down the hard compacted soil or it could just be adding the organic matter that it grows on the top. And in the case of mustards, that mustards are also very good as a green manure for cleaning the soil if you've had pests in the ground. They do take quite a few nutrients, I find, with mustards. But if you've had a problem with pests, sowing mustard as a green manure does a really good way, trick of cleaning them, the soil out. Now, I do tend to sow my green manures in the autumn winter period, and that's when I tend to either use my autumn winter mixes or maybe my field beans or it could be Facilia, which are the three general green manures that I use. Facilia is one of my favourites because it does grow really big. It becomes really good at shading out any weeds. It's a legume, so it adds nitrogen to the soil. And if you let it flower, the bees love it as well. But the field beans are found to be really good for adding nitrogen, especially into areas where you're going to want nitrogen in the soil. But there are summer mixes as well, which we could be using at this time, should we want to as well. For me, I don't use them just purely because I want edible crops at this time of year. And I always want to make sure I've got edible crops in the back to go in. So following those crops on, what I mean by that is I've sown at home in plug plants, lettuce, kale, um, ready to pop out and pop in once they are big enough and once the beds are available the difficulty with this is that you do need to be very very organized you do need to have these plants ready to go straight in unless you are directly sowing this was one of the problems i found when i tried square foot gardening to be organized like that is a skill and this is why i don't do square foot gardening but because we do have plenty of time to practice this and to to be prepared it's a great time to get those follow-on crops ready to go. Now, I've only listed a few of the follow-on crops that I 
can think that we would be following on. But I'm sure there are more. Please do let me know if you have any follow-on crops that you use yourself and when they go in and what they go in after. Right, let's find out what I've been cooking up this week. Now this week's recipe is onion rings. Onions are now pretty much becoming part of our weekly harvests. They're still waiting for the tops to fall over in some cases, but ours we are harvesting as and when we need them. And one of the things that I like to make with ours is onion rings. You know, those things that go nicely on a, a barbecue plate or with a nice steak, anything like that. Now, this recipe is a very easy way to make onion rings. First thing we do is we take a onion, we cut the top and the bottom off and we peel away the skin and then we slice the onion into one centimetre thick pieces, still maintaining the sort of circular onion. We want to separate those out and pop them to one side. Then in a bowl, we mix together 150 grams of self-raising flour and 180 ml of sparkling water. That's to make our batter. But if we were just to use those alone, it would be a little bit bland. So we want to add a bit of seasoning, some salt, some pepper, some chili powder, anything you, you might desire. It's worth experimenting around to try and make this batter a little bit better. Anyway, it's a very, very simple way to make a batter for onion rings. What we then do is we take the onions, we dip them in the batter, and then we pop them into some oil for frying. And we fry until the batter is nice and hard. It doesn't take too long. The pan, I find, does need to be really, really hot. And there we go. Onion rings, as easy as that. I find that they crisp up nicely, the only thing is they do need a decent season and the three things I use, as I said, black pepper, salt and chilli powder and I find that just adds plenty of flavour. Right, let's head on down to the garden plot to find out what's been going on there. Well I'm in my shed here at home just cooling down. I've been a little bit tired this weekend to tell you the truth. As I said this week I've neglected the allotment. I've also neglected the home plot a little. It happens so doesn't it? Luckily because I do tend to the gardens frequently the odd week that things don't go to plan doesn't make a huge difference. So what have I been doing here at home? We have been quite lucky in that our cucumbers, our tomatoes are all growing like mad. And what I've had to do is just tie in a lot of the cucumbers and the tomatoes. Now, to tie in the tomatoes, I've had to buy in some more bamboo canes. I don't really like bamboo canes. I think they are ugly, weak little things but they do do the job. They don't last for long, in my opinion. I much prefer something like hazel, but they do the job, and I got them pretty cheap. My granddad used to grow bamboo in his garden, and we used to harvest that and use that. Unfortunately, that's not possible anymore, but the bamboo did grow like mad in his garden, and that was a pretty good way of making canes. I'm a bit happier with that, because there was no air miles on that. Bamboo canes we buy from a shop, I never know where they come from. And as I said, I never feel they are quite strong enough to do what we do. Anyway, 
brought a load of bamboo canes, tied the tomatoes in and got those stretched out growing upwards, which is fantastic. We're starting to get tomatoes, they're green, but they are starting to show. We're just waiting for them to ripen. I don't know why they seem to be so slow at ripening this year, but they are on their way. We're also getting our courgettes starting to show themselves at last. In fact, we're going to have to harvest some courgettes over this next few days. They're getting so big, they're looking delicious to say the least. And uh, all we've then got to figure out is how we can eat all these courgettes because once they start coming, they do go like mad. Now out in the front garden, our fruit trees and bushes have been producing raspberries and red currants, which is doing great. And again, I've said this time and time again, the front garden needs very little looking after. Good watering once a week, and that seems to be all it needs. The straw bale garden, however, that is not working, I've got to say. We've got very, very slow growth on those if growing at all it really to me hasn't done anything so i feel now we are this far into the year you know we'll continue on but i can't see the straw bell garden really doing anything for some reason just doesn't feel like it it done what it promised i don't know if it was i didn't put enough feeding even though i followed the instructions it certainly seems to be very wet in there i just don't find that it has grown very well it certainly didn't get warm either so whether we do the straw bale garden again i don't know i probably not but as it's failed the experiment this year but hey you're going to try these things sometimes haven't we now the peas, we've been harvesting quite a few peas, but they are now starting to go a bit over. They're, getting, they're going a bit dry, a bit too quick. So they're going to have to come out pretty soon. However, in the large veggie pod, we have been harvesting a lot of carrots. These are more carrot thinnings, to be fair, but they're now starting to get to that size that they are decent enough that we can properly eat them. I always eat my carrot thinnings anyway, but they are so small sometimes that they're a bit pointless. But now they are at the size that you are actually able to have a proper carrot with our dinner. So, yeah, carrots are coming in great. I mean, we are getting plenty of soft fruits as well. The tayberries are going like mad and the strawberries as well. So overall, our garden is really producing really quite well. So I'm very, very happy with things. Hopefully next week we're going to get a bit more done. I'm not going to have any distractions and it should hopefully mean a more productive week. You'll find out next week. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. If you've enjoyed it, then please do leave us a review on our podcast provider. If you want to sign up to become a supporting member, then please do head to the vegrowpodcast.co.uk for that. While you're at the vegrowpodcast.co.uk, why not leave us a comment or leave us a voicemail? If you want to get in touch, my email address is richard at vegrowpodcast.co.uk. And don't forget to check us out on social media. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care.